The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, So must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I cannot tell you how delighted I am to be here at Trinity in Concord and to be here so early on in my time as your bishop. The Diocese of Massachusetts is a large family of some 180 congregations, colonial village churches, mill city churches, suburban congregations, congregations that speak English and Spanish and Swahili, Bantu languages, Haitian Creole and Chinese, from Ipswich to Fall River, from Woods Hall to Haverhill, And in each of these places, God is being praised and God's people are serving one another and reaching out. And Trinity Church is part of that diocesan family. And I am so glad that you are. I thank you for all that you do to serve Concord and the world beyond. And I thank you for welcoming me here today. It's a special joy to be here on this particular 
festival day, which in a Trinitarian way has not one, not two, but three causes for celebration. First, it's Trinity Sunday, so it is your feast of title, the day on the church's calendar which connects to your parish name. And secondly, we mark the near completion, is that right? The near completion of your parish house and its official dedication today. Congratulations to you on what I know has been the hard work and sacrifice and, most importantly, the expanding vision for the mission and ministry of this congregation, which is represented by that new facility. It's great to be here with you today to, to dedicate that. And then third, it's the 12th anniversary of the arrival of your rector, Tony Bacor, Trinity Church. Oh, together. Oh, right. Trick, a little homiletic trick to get a standing ovation by calling out the beloved rector. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I must tell you that in my short time as bishop of this diocese, Tony has become a trusted colleague, a wise and kind and devoted priest whose leadership is valued not only here in Concord, but also by the wider diocese, especially in his capacity as dean of the Concord River Deanery. So I thank you for calling him here 12 years ago and for sharing him with the wider church. Tony's gifts of leadership are mirrored by the gifts of your assistant rector, Becky, your many associate clergy, and all your exceptionally committed lay leaders here at Trinity. How blessed you are and how well you share your blessings. So. We celebrate your feast of title, your renewed facilities, and your gifted leadership, all in one great outpouring and paroxysm of joy today. So here we are. Thank you for including me. In my life, Trinity Sunday never passes by without my thinking about Miss Margaret Jane Adamson. Miss Adamson was 60-something, stood less than five feet tall, and was a force to be reckoned with. Miss Adamson was my sophomore English teacher at Terre Haute South Vigo High School. Her life's crusade was good old-fashioned grammar. Actually, she had two crusades. The other one was chewing gum, but that's a different story. Her primary crusade was grammar, None of this airy-fairy creative writing for Miss Adamson. This was English class, by God. We learned the case system. We diagrammed sentences. And on one occasion, we were required to memorize a long list of prepositions, maybe 150 of them. We had a quiz, and I remember walking the halls between classes, murmuring the list to myself. Aboard, about, above, across, along, amidst, among, around. B, 
before, behind, below, beneath, beside, besides, between, beyond, see, and you get the idea. So whatever else I knew or didn't know in 1973, I knew my prepositions. More on that in a moment. This day, as we have said, is Trinity Sunday. Most holy days, as you know, commemorate an event, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, or a person, St. Patrick's Day, St. Francis Day. And this is the one day in the church year which instead upholds a doctrine of the church. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. The concept of the Trinity of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is nowhere explicitly spelled out in Scripture. The word Trinity does not appear in the Bible, but it is an understanding based on the faith experience of those in the early church after the formation of the New Testament. And it has been a sacred mystery from the start, which is to say it has been confusing from the start. No doubt, since it's your name title, you know all about the Trinity here, but let me say a few words about it. St. Patrick, of course, famously aimed to make it simple, right, with his illustration of the shamrock. Three petals, one leaf, three and one, one and three. But for most of us who try to plumb the implications of this divine relationship, a certain lack of clarity sets in. Perhaps we look back to St. Augustine who wrote, the Trinity is one God, not so that the Father be the same person who is also the Son and the Holy Ghost, but that the Father may be the Father and the Son, the Son and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. And this is Trinity, one God. Which clears it right up. <laughs> the Christian understanding of the Trinity points towards many seemingly irreconcilable characteristics of the divine. Awesome yet intimate, just and stern, yet compassionate, timeless and eternal, yet momentary and present. These seemingly contradictory characteristics of God were all experienced by the faithful, not just theorized, but experienced by them. So the reality of the Trinity is meant profoundly to affirm that God has acted, does act, will always act in our lives in varying ways. They're all true, they're all real, and they're all, mysteriously, one God. Which is where Margaret Jane Addison comes in. Because the best way that I have found to understand the Trinity, whose name you bear, is to think of Miss Adamson's endless list of prepositions. About, above, across, along, amidst, among, around, before, behind, beside, besides, beneath, between, beyond. That's it, you see. That's who the Trinitarian God is. The God of all prepositions. We affirm that God is above, before, and beyond. God is that, that holy one we heard about in the first lesson. 
that transcendent, ethereal God known by the prophet Isaiah, that God whom we sing about, immortal, invisible, God-only-wise. We know that this loving God created us out of the elements, waits to receive us at the end of our days. We hear of this God through descriptions of ethereal visions of the prophets like Isaiah's or the revelation of John. We know a God who is above, before, and beyond, and we call this traditionally God the Father. We affirm also that God is among, beside, and with. For in the fullness of time, God came to earth, born of a Jewish maiden, walked among us, taught and touched and healed, wept and slept and died. We experience the ongoing physical presence of Christ in the touch of those who love us and the voice of those who comfort and challenge us in the palpable presence of the sacrament that nourishes us. We know a God who is among, beside, and with. And we call this God the Son. Finally, we affirm that God is within, inside, and through. We receive God's Spirit at baptism. We celebrated its renewal last week at Pentecost. There are times when we do things we know we could not accomplish of our own strength. There are times when we are led in thought or word to truths not of our own devising. And such are the times that we know that God's Spirit is working within us for strength, for guidance, for renewal. That rebirth we heard about in the Gospel today, for the renewal of life, commitment, energy. We know a God who works within and through us, and we call this God the Holy Spirit. The truth conveyed by the doctrine of the Holy Trinity can scarcely be exhausted by prepositions alone. Just think what we could do with adjectives. <laughs> or better yet, verbs. But for today, for today, I'm content to sing my praises to the God of all prepositions, about, above, across, along, amidst, among, around me, the God before, behind, below, beneath, beyond, beside me, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. So I want to suggest that as members of a church called Trinity, you are not only to worship the Trinity, you are also meant to bear witness to the Trinity. Dare I say, to embody the Trinity. When others look to you, they should be led to say, look, those are people of the Trinity. When you worship, when you worship God with exquisite beauty and transcendent music, thank you. When you embark on building projects that represent new ideas and co-creation, others should see and say, those are people of God the Creator. And when you support one another through your many Caring Connections ministries, and when you teach children and adults the timeless stories of Jesus, 
And when you love your neighbors as yourselves near and far through outreach ministries from Boston to Rwanda, others should see and say, those are people of God the Son. And when you send prayers heavenward through your intercessory prayer groups of long-standing, when you routinely offer healing prayer as part of your worship, when you are enlivened to accomplish more than you could have asked or imagined, others should see and say, those are people of God the Holy Spirit. And adding all of this together, those are people of the Trinity. People of Trinity Church, you are indeed people of the Trinity. May God bless you as you live up to your name. May God bless you as you live into your name. By God's grace and to God's glory. In the name of that same Trinity. Amen.